realizing that I did not have my cell phone, I figured I'd go back to work the next morning and find it. I was able to use my son's cell phone to contact my husband, Nick, who was on the road, to let him know our usual evening and morning calls weren't possible. The next morning, I went to work and was unable to locate the phone. Having no landline, I realized I would be out of touch except through email and Facebook. Friday is my writing day, so I'm home. I noticed how unnerved I was by that. <coughs> then I thought it was a good lesson in my cell phone dependence. So I went to email and discovered that only the last 12 hours were on my account, that days of emails were gone. I noted quickly that I could not call Verizon since I didn't have a phone, and the automatic uh, helper online had no clue to what I was talking about. Soon, my user ID didn't work, so I couldn't get to the live person online. And of course, the worry then set in. Someone's trying to get a hold of me and can't. Someone's expecting an answer to an email that I can't deliver. I'm missing out on something very important right now. People are going to lose confidence in my responsiveness. Caught in our cultural 24-7 assumption with instant news and instant gratification, I felt bereft of access. Another thought came then that this serves me right because of all the times I've preached about the dangers of technology dependence and how we tend to create more distance due to our machines of convenience, my comeuppance. But in truth, all that was happening was that I was temporarily off some cyber communication. All of me was still intact, just a bit inconvenienced, and we're talking about just a little bit. I was not isolated or imprisoned or without home or without friends. Nothing was really wrong, just slightly out of sync. I found my phone, by the way. It was a gift of a glimpse at dependency, that aspect of relating that seeps into our lives often without our knowing it. We can become dependent on things, on relationships, on routines, on perspectives in ways that limit our lives and diminish our sense of choice. The poet Robert Frost reminds us in his poem, Choose Something Like a Star, that we need to set our sights now and again beyond our usual sphere of living, outside of our routines, to redirect ourselves out of stuck places or the allurement of our own dramas and connect with the mysterious magnificence in which and from which we came. From the moment we are born, we navigate our being in relation. What surrounds us can nurture our presence or diminish our self-understanding. How we are guided can tutor us to full bloom or muddle our potential. What we see and hear and notice and recognize shapes our being. There's also our inborn worth, our inherent dignity, untouched by another's opinion or guidance or circumstance, an inherent miracle of self that remains intact from birth to death, 
whether known or unknown, whether summoned to awareness or dormant in a lost soul. The affirmation of life lives and breathes and has meaning each one of us, but it may not necessarily ever be claimed. It may not ever be seen, lost in the shuffle of our self-important lives. But there are signs ever available to reorient our misdirected lives. During the winter holidays, many religions choose something like a star to bring us out of despair about the diminishing light, to help us focus on what can carry us through, to claim the miracle of being in the midst of darkness. Hanukkah commemorates the miracle of an eight-day flame that is used to consecrate the rebuilding of a sacred temple to generate the lasting wisdom of Judaism. The winter solstice fire summons the return of the sun and the steady reliability of the cycles of nature. A star summoned wise folk of Christian legend to search for the birth of a prince of peace, summoning a new spiritual age. These lights pervade as symbols of eternal potential that cannot be extinguished in any mortal circumstance. These lights call us to account to examine how we are with each other and what communities we form to sustain the astonishment and praise of the blessing of our lives. A message in these holidays is a cry to break out of desensitized life, to wake up from our routines and notice the sparkling energy all around us. And I don't mean the sparkling energy of the neon lights of materialism. It's a vibrancy of being that knows darkness. It's a calling to remember that we can begin again in our poverty of spirit or circumstance to bring about a better world, to claim our inner wisdom of life's worth. Sometimes our holiday routines can have us lost in the shuffle. A moment as simple as stepping out at night and pondering a star might shake us out of the weight of obligatory cheer and incessant holiday noise. Choose something like a star to stay our minds on and be stayed. Christian theologian Tom Driver urges us to break out of the spell of our sense of helplessness. We cannot intuit the creativity of God, he says, nor sense its ethical meaning unless we become aware of our own creativity in helping to gather up from chaos the very world in which we live. Although we may prefer not to think so, being quite ready to leave responsibility to God or nature, we do continually form worlds. In my every beginning, he writes, is my gathering up, my aim, my focus, my intention to have a world, end quote. So what world can we have? The offering of ourselves helps generate creation. Celtic theologian John O'Donohue, what, when you consider it, he says, the world of your action and activity is a very precious world. What you do should be worthy of you, 
It should be worthy of your attention and dignity and conform to your respect for yourself. Then, regardless of what you do, you will do it in a creative and transformative way. This culture depends upon such a distortion of self-worth. Buy the perfect gift, throw the perfect party, hobnob with the important people, give to the needy because we have so much more than them. My volunteering in a soup kitchen and amongst homeless in New York City way back when fell that distortion. I may have had more food and clothing and money, all of some worth, but I in no way had essentially more than them. I had very little knowledge of the power of love until those allegedly disempowered folk shared themselves with me. True power, more often than not, dwells where you least expect it and hovers far beyond our control. Perhaps the star that inspired Robert Frost was a kind of GPS system to help him arrive at his soul's home. These days, you can't yet get one GPS system for a distant star, but Brickhouse Security in New York City offers churches and synagogues free GPS systems and cameras to protect their December holiday pro um, displays. The baby Jesus in a crash, various menorahs, and even some Santa statues have been embedded with a global positioning satellite tracking device. Founder and CEO Todd Morris named it the GPS Jesus Program. <laughs> Scores of places of worship have taken up the offer and been pleased with the extra security over the years. It seems that people steal crash statues, and apparently menorahs now and again. The most popular missing item is the baby Jesus. Think of it, a GPS system on the baby Jesus. Might have come in handy for the wise men. <laughs> then again, it could have been disastrous if Herod had gotten, gotten one of them. And besides the star that guides the wise folk, links us into the cosmos, and produces such wonderful songs. But really, what if we could pinpoint and track the presence of peace, harmony, and goodwill? What if we programmed our satellites to signal those vulnerable, majestic sources of energy always about us that could deepen wisdom toward the way of peace? It could help us when we get lost or turn the wrong way. Our GPS sense could help us recalculate our journey. I'm sure all of you have heard recalculate if you have a GPS system. We find ourselves shoving and pushing each other in a holiday shopping scramble. Recalculate. We take a turn into racist or sexist jokes. Recalculate. We go to a meeting where righteous indignation creates an us and them. Recalculate. We compare ourselves to others because we're hungry for our own superiority. Recalculate. We underestimate our worth and choose not to take care of ourselves. Recalculate. Isn't that what pondering a star is for, to recalculate? Isn't that what prayer is for, to refocus? Isn't that what faith communities are for, to gather our wisdom together? 
So many of us spend much of our creative energy trying to mold our image to present to the world for recognition or approval. We summon ourselves to the top of the should-be mountain, trudging upward through presumptions and prejudices, expectations and judgments, hauling that load of self-assessment up the steep slope like Sisyphus. We never quite get to that place of meaning. We let ourselves fall back due to circumstance, opinion, or weariness, and carry the load once again with renewed hope that we can find what we are looking for. But what we are looking for is with us all the time. The irony of our search for ourselves and our meaning on this earth brings us, if followed through till acceptance, back to where we started, back to ourselves, always fully there, yet unnoticed. In most cases, we sabotage our potential to come to whom we powerfully are by overlooking our greatest power. It's not our talents, our contacts, our heritage, or our material wealth. It's not our accomplishments or competitive edge or experience or position in society. Our greatest power is the urging of our being that brought us into life, the wisdom of what we could most gracefully be all along. And the star, in its mysterious essence and unrelenting sparkle, is a reminder of the astounding gift of life that we are experiencing. How can we be part of an angry mob when we consider this gift? How can we oppress another life when we take in the beauty of this gift? How can we live an unlived life when given this opportunity to be? How can we think of ourselves as more mighty than others when the majesty before us outshines our delusions of grandeur? We may choose something like a star to come to our senses, to celebrate our being, and find a way home. This wisdom of the miracle of being is ever-present in our lives. Take moments to recognize this this holiday season. This I pray. Amen.